Hello, and welcome to Avon on the Air, bringing you conversation that's always lively, sometimes provocative, and never afraid to ask the question, what really happens between the covers of an Avon romance? I'm your host, Lucia Macro, and today I am speaking with Candace Terry, author of A Better Man, which is the first book in her Sunshine Creek series, which goes on sale March 29th, 2016. Candace was born and raised near the sunny beaches of Southern California, and now she makes her home on an Idaho farm. Um, she was once working in a Hollywood recording studio, and she has also chased down wayward steers. Um, Candace, welcome to Avon on the Air. <laughs> I had to get that in. <laughs> That's okay. I read to my cows, too, so, you know. <laughs> so, Candace, um, let's talk a little bit at first about A Better Man, and then I might ask you for some scintillating Hollywood stories if you have any. <laughs> Oh, I have some. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, so this book, um, you know, you, um, I think, have been known for really writing books that are set in Texas. And this one, you actually take everyone from Texas to Washington State, and you have started with a new series of men, the Kincaids. So tell us a little bit about um, the Kincaids, about a better man, and maybe why you made that change in venue. Yeah, um, actually, uh, I... You know, with each uh, series that I do, I've just kind of, it's kind of evolved into these things. And the one thing that ties everything together in all my series is, like, somebody has to die for the series to start. And I don't know why that is. <laughs> oh, dear. I think it's because I have criminal minds on in the background uh, while I'm writing do the it. book. So, yeah. So, somebody always dies. But, uh, and and so it happens in uh, my new uh, Sunshine Creek Vineyard series also <laughs> for <you> parents. <laughs> Right. And um, I moved for the, you know, from Texas to uh, Washington, um, Portland area, the Vancouver, Portland area, because I was really interested in the vineyard um, thing. We have, I live in Idaho, and we have a really, um, like, emerging population of vineyards around here, and I was just really curious about it. And then at first, when I went to Texas to, you know, uh, do a bunch of research, it, they have like a whole road that's nothing but wineries. But I thought, well, let me just expand a little and mm -hmm. try out a new area. And um, I've, I don't want to do the same thing every time. I don't want to repeat myself. So I just thought, let's change it. Plus, I can drive there in like six hours. Right. So, you know, or be in, uh, in there um, on a plane in an hour. So it's kind of nice research-wise for me. Because, um, you I know, wineries. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Wineries, nice research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and so the Kincaids are. Um, uh, it's a five brothers and a teenage sister, and she's. They call her the baby dragon because she's very temperamental. Um, but they uh, they have to. All of them have to deal with this sudden death of their parents, and in a better man, um, the hero is an NHL hockey player. And he's just pretty much given away, you know, given up everything in his life except his career and to have a good time. And then all of a sudden he's faced with the death of his parents and this teenage sister who's got like this major royal attitude. And she um, she gives him a run for his money, and so he has to find help because she's flunking out of school and she's you know 17, getting ready to flunk out of high school. And so he goes to ask her teacher for you know help and to find out what he can do to help, and finds out that. Her teacher, her creative writing teacher, is the girl he stood up uh, for their graduation dance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure she's thrilled she to like see him, him very again. Much. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> so, um, so what is it about hockey players that is oh. so appealing? Oh, hockey. <laughs> what can I say about I'm a hockey? hockey fan, so I get yeah, it. But explain. Yeah, you know, uh, we have a hockey team here in uh, Boise, so, you know, we go as often as we can. And when I lived in California, I went to the L.A. Kings games mm. and stuff. I like physical contact sports. <laughs> I cannot watch baseball on TV, uh, golf. Just put me to sleep, and so I've got to have like guys that are like roughing each other up and doing that whole <laughs> alpha male thing. <laughs> so you know, what, hockey. I did a football player in any given Christmas. Mm-hmm. He was the quarterback, so I thought, hey, hockey, awesome! I love hockey, and I could. These guys are right here in town, so I can go ask them questions if I need to. So, and did you? Just, I like the contact. I like the physical manliness of it. You know, right. get out there and like. My daughter went to the game the other night, and she said, "Oh, mom, there was no fight." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you go ask them questions? Did what? Did you go ask the hockey players questions? Um, yeah, I, I I have asked them. Um, actually, um, they practice. Uh, in off season and stuff at the ice rink, and so I asked a, a lot of questions while they were out there, and they're always like, "Lady, I got things to do," and I'm like, yeah, but "You're cute, and you play hockey." So <laughs> answer my questions. <laughs> so you start now. You have a new family, the Kincaids, and you had um, your last series had a, a family, the Wilders. Uh, what's similar or different about these two families? Well, um, they're very different, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know why I write big family stories because I'm an only child, mm. so figure that one out. <laughs> but um, I think that uh, the difference is there's losses in both families, but it's the the way that the losses happen and the way that it affects the families, um, you know, each individual person in the family. Everybody, I mean, you can have six kids, and if you know, you lose your your mother, everybody has a different feeling about mm-hmm. that. And so it's the same thing with moving to a new family and their loss and having to deal with it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just the individual. Um, unfortunately, I'm very familiar with losing, you know, loved ones close to me. And so, and you, you know, when I talk to somebody else and they've got you know, they're dealing with a loss or something, and the perspectives and everything. So it's really a challenge for me to, and that's why I wanted to move on, obviously, into a different area and a different family. I really want to expand myself, and my editor, the lovely Amanda Bergeron, mm-hmm. really, um, she really makes me work hard, <laughs> and we really have to dig deep on them. So the Wilders were more, they were very country they lived on a ranch, you know, I mean, there's cows involved and horses and hot guys and cowboy boots and all that kind of stuff. But what in um, the new family in the Kincaids, you know, these guys are a little bit more, you know, they're a little bit more city and um, they don't have the cowboy jobs and that kind of thing. So it was really, you know, stepping outside of that cowboy Western, you know, kind of box into a little bit more, I mean, you know, Portland, their their slogan for their city is keep Portland weird. I know. So, <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, that was a kind of big change. And, and, and a lot of people don't think about it, but when you live in certain areas, you are very different because of the area that you live in. You know, so that has a lot of reflection on the families mm-hmm. themselves. You know, it's, it's a mat- not a matter of just having snow or heat or whatever. It's right. a matter of how that area affects you, so... 
So they're very, very different. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. That's a really interesting point, and it's one that, to be honest, I haven't thought about a lot, which is where you, I mean, and it seems like a no-brainer, where you set the book has so much to do with the emotional makeup of your yeah. characters. Um, yeah. I don't think yeah, I, I, um, I never thought going into writing that you would go so deep into the emotional levels of your characters. I mean... You know, as you're as a beginning writer, you mm-hmm. think, "Oh, I just need to do A, B, C, and D, and then I've got a romance." Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I when I get a letter or email or something from a reader and they say, "Oh my God, I cried so hard," I'm like, "Yes!" <laughs> and then they say, "Oh, I laughed so hard." And then you know, I always have my my comic relief because it gets very emotional in my books. Um, so I always have like comic relief and unfortunately it usually comes in the form of an animal oh you know through the whole sweet texas series i had miss giddy the goat and she's <laughs> a fashionista goat and in this series each we don't have one specific animal but the very first animal in the um a better man is a dog with a little bit of a gassy issue oh no is it so, the bre- you is know it, is you it gotta have things like that and because my dog does so i know it very well <laughs> Is it that breed that you made the dog, or is it just the dog? Is what? Is the gas from the breed? I know yeah, it's no, the pugs. It's, or um, the... I, <laughs> I, I'm getting a really bad echo. Sorry if I can Oh, that's okay. But, um, I, uh, I, every single dog fits or cat fits the, the specific hero or heroine who it belongs to. And so this one got to be a golden retriever. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I have German shepherds, and yes, 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 you too. So, so to talk about the heroine a little bit, I thought—I mean, she's a teacher, and I was very touched. You dedicated the book to teachers. Um, I come from a long family of teachers, so um, oh. yes. So I thought—I um, don't know—I just it just struck me as as being very heartfelt, and I didn't know if there was a teacher in your life who had encouraged you, or that one teacher that changed your life, perhaps. Yeah. There, definitely. Um, I, I had a very strange childhood. It wasn't very, wasn't very good um, for a lot of reasons. And so um, my mom never had more than a sixth grade education. And she was, I, we always laugh when I said, Mom, you were the epitome of the hillbilly back in those days because, you know, school was not, you know, it wasn't something girls, she was born in 1927, wasn't something girls were really pushed to do, learn and be smart and whatever. Mm-hmm. You were just to cook dinner and whatever. So uh, she never encouraged me to go to college or anything like that, but I was always so eager for information. And I got um, I got so much help from my teachers, from several in particular, to progress, you know, myself. And um, I had one social science teacher in high school. His name was um, Mr. Waltz. And he, I wrote this, like, I don't know, some kind of, you know, assignment. And he said, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. You dug so deep and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'm like 15 years old. I'm like, cool, give me an A, you know. (laughs) But he, his encouragement stuck with me, you know, all through school. And I never thought about becoming a writer at that time. I just wrote, you know, those teenage angst Mm -hmm. poems that you, you know, I'm going to die if I don't get this boy to like me and that kind of thing. (laughs) And so um, then when I got a little bit older and into college, I uh, decided to take drama, which I believe helps when you're a writer, if you take drama, because you you block out 
you know, the movements of the characters and stuff like you would mm-hmm. in a play or, or a TV show or something. And I had this uh, drama professor, and he was um, really young, really good looking, of course. <laughs> and you had to write this biography for um, your character up to the point of the of the play that you were doing. And mine was a divorcee, a 30-something-year-old divorcee. I'm like, I'm 21 years old. What do I know about that? And so I really had to dig deep on that. And he gave me like, a, I still have the paper. He gave me like an A++. Oh my gosh. You know, this is wonderful. You know, you need to keep writing. You, you've got so much, you know, um, talent with this and blah, blah, blah. But your acting sucks, so give it up. <laughs> <laughs> but he pointed so, you in the right direction. And then I had an English teacher, Miss Shaheen, you know. I mean, I just had these teachers who just, it was like their little pokes at me to push me a little, prod me a little bit. And I didn't put it all together until much later in my life. But I sit here today, and I get chills because I think, what would I have done if I hadn't had those teachers planting those little seeds in my mind, telling you can do it? Mm-hmm. It took me 22 years to get my first book published. Mm-hmm. And had I not had those little voices in the back of my head from my teachers, I don't think I could have stuck with it. You know, I had to believe in myself because they believed in me. Right. You know? So... Teachers are very important to me. You know, I just think they're, without them, you know, what, where would we be? Where would, would we be? I, I wouldn't be here writing books. Exactly. I know that for a fact. No, I have, I think everyone I know has a great teacher story. So I was, I, thank you for sharing yours. They're oh, yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> they're very important. So, yeah. um, not to do with the book, but I did say I was going to ask for a Hollywood recording studio story. Can you tell one without getting into trouble? Um, and if you can't, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> uh, well, because they're all the past, so, you know, I can't get in trouble for thinking out anybody now. But um, uh, what they say about sex, drugs, and rock and roll is very true. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, I actually ended up not working there anymore. I worked there for several years, mm-hmm. and um, my, my boss, who was the senior recording engineer, I worked for uh, Dick Clark. Uh, yes, that Dick Clark. Oh. And... Um, he wasn't, I'm not the boss I'm talking about, but um, my boss is going to retire and he was training me to take over the studio. And the more I got into it, the more I was like, you know, my morals are just a little bit too high for <laughs> for this town. And so um, in the studio, I was, uh, you know, you're in L.A., you're, you're a L.A. Dodgers fan or whatever. And... Um, at that time, we had Regis Philbin, who was a big, you know, talk show thing, and his host uh, was Cindy Garvey, who was uh, his his co-host, mm-hmm. and she was also the wife of Steve Garvey, baseman for the LA Dodgers, Steve Garvey. And um, my boss said, "Oh, we've got this, you know, guy coming in for a recording session," and I'm like, "Okay, great, you know, I'll go get things set up. He's just going to do piano only and vocals. Okay, I'll get it set up." And I'm standing by the window, and I see this couple coming up the stairs and they're like making out and I mean I this the studio was on the corner of Holly of of, uh, Sunset and Highland so it was like okay don't be shy you know and they were just going to it and when they walked in I realized it was Cindy Garvey Steve Garvey's wife and yes she was still married to him oh my gosh okay wow And um, at a at a party, my husband and I we um, had several Hollywood parties that we went to. Um, I met O.J. Simpson before all that ugliness happened. 
and I will say he wasn't an impressive person then. So oh my even gosh, less now. that's all you need to say. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So just wow. you know, all kinds of crazy stuff go goes on, <laughs> and you just just roll I've got with a million it. Stories. We'll have to. We'll have to sit down sometime. Sometime we will. <laughs> but I'm I'm sort of glad that your morals were too good for Hollywood because that means that you came to us. Um, to write Avon Romance and be so fabulous <laughs> at it. So it all worked out in the end. So before I, we um, wrap up, I you know, what's next? What's the next book? Um, well, I just handed in the revisions on book two of my Sunshine Creek Vineyard series. Mm-hmm. And it's called Perfect for You. And I'm sorry, but yes, that did come from the One Direction song that I kept hearing over and over and over. In my head. That's okay. Because my gra- my granddaughter is like, oh my god, you know, One Direction. I'm like, oh my god, One Direction. But it'll never leave your head now. Yeah. But then I that's a part kept going through, and, and the song's called Perfect, and I'm like, but I kept hearing this Perfect for You in my head, and I go, oh my gosh, that's such a, an amazing title. So I send it to my editor, and she goes, yeah, we like it. I'm like, sweet, let's go with that. So I just finished the revisions on that. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully those will, that, you know, it'll be all okay and a go. And I'm starting on book three of the Sunshine Creek um, series, which will be the third brother. um, And he is a chef and owns a food truck in Portland. Nice. So, and his heroine is going to completely turn his world upside down because he's the typical alpha male and a typical alpha chick. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, Can't wait. Yeah. So, and I'm thinking this one, I might want to put some recipes in the back of it because I've done some inventing and I'm like, hey, maybe I'll put some recipes in Do it. Do the recipes. Readers love the quote recipes. Unquote comes up with. <laughs> <laughs> well, Candace, it's been so much fun speaking to you. <laughs> Thank you. You too. And you were my first remote interview, so I think it went pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love it. I, you know, I'm anytime I okay. like talking about romance. Well, well, maybe we'll come back, talk to you when the next book comes out. Great. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you, Candace Terry. The book is A Better Man. It's on sale March 29th. And this is Lucia Macro for Avon on the Air. Happy listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Avon on the Air. This episode was edited by Nathan Rossborough with production help from Jennifer Monroe. The books featured in this episode are available for purchase wherever books are sold. We hope you'll join us next time as we hear more from your favorite authors, all brought to you by Avon on the Air.